I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Decomplicating Dressage podcast. For those of you that are new here, my name is Jessica Gale and this podcast is all about training your horse in a simple, uncomplicated way. We talk about the theories, techniques and common problems people come across when training their horses and we look at exercises you can use at home to improve your horse and your training. We also have a professional episode once a month where an expert comes onto the podcast to educate us on the facts of nutrition, physiotherapy, rider fitness, shoeings, vettings and so much more. We also delve into mindset and I give you practical ways to improve your mindset so you're able to train and compete your horse the way that you want to. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at dealing with, working with and training hot or fresh horses. We're going to be looking at both horses that are naturally more spicy on a daily basis, as well as horses like a lot at the moment that may not have been able to be turned out or exercised for a while because of all the snow that we've had. There is so much packed into this episode, including how you as the rider could be influencing the horse, how to boost your confidence and the four step training process that you can do with your horse to create more focus, more relaxation and more control. As usual, if you enjoy this episode, then please do share it and tag me in it so I can see what you think of them. On both Instagram and Facebook, it's Jessica Gale Dressage. And also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would love for you to leave a review. So, welcome back, everyone. Firstly, I want to apologise for there being no podcast last week. I had a really busy week with riding and training and coaching, and I just couldn't find a gap in the day. It takes... It takes a good hour and a half, normally to be fair, two hours to plan and record the podcast. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't find the time. And I felt really guilty about it because everyone's always saying you've got to be consistent. And I was so worried that 
by missing an episode so that would mean that people didn't want to listen anymore but at the end of the day I've got to think that I do this for the horses and they they need my attention first and foremost and so missing out on one episode wasn't going to be the end of the world so that's kind of I just wanted to apologize that there wasn't one there but it won't happen often um but let's come back to this week's topic so I thought now was a great time to talk about hot and um fresh horses as we've had we've had a lot of snow here and this has meant that we weren't able to turn the horses out now we're really lucky that we have an indoor at Foxfield so the horses could carry on training as usual but I know that a lot of people had to stop riding last week and some have had to stop for a good few weeks when this happens we all know that first time getting back on our horses they might be feeling a bit fresh they might be we might be feeling a bit anxious and there's just a lot of anticipation almost for that first ride but and then on the other side of it there are some horses that are just naturally more hot-headed than others and i think as we've tried to breed in big movement we've also had to add in more energy and you can see that if you compare the top horses now to the top horses 20 30 years ago there is so much more energy in their bodies there's so much more movement there and we need these horses to be more reactive because we need them to be hotter and more sharp for the higher levels the quicker they are the quicker their brain is the easier they are to train the easier they pick up movements and the quicker generally we can get them in the hind leg the quicker the pf can be and you can end up with a truly mega horse here but that's if all that energy is channeled in the right way if it's channeled in the wrong way it can lead to spookiness overreacting to the leg overreacting to your hand and just general over energeticness now as riders we've had to become better at working with this energy and so whether it's because your horse has had some time off or they are just naturally more hot and spicy you as a rider need to have a plan or at the very least a pretty good idea of the things that you can do to channel this energy to make a great training session rather than those sessions where you just feel like you're a passenger on like a ticking time bomb. So we're going to look firstly at how our influence as the rider can alter how the horse behaves and then we're going to look at understanding whether our horses are hot or fresh and then how they can be really different in how they use their energy negatively. Then at the end I'm going to give you a four-step process to getting your horse's attention on you creating relaxation and improving your control so let's look first at our influence as the rider now i've seen in both cases so the naturally hot-headed horse and the situational slightly fresh horse that a rider gets on they feel nervous and so they tense up and then because they can feel all that energy underneath them they almost hold themselves and understandably the horse is then straight away in flight mode so they're ready for anything to flick that switch that makes them leap in the air or run away and it's almost like the rider is sitting there waiting for the horse to do something and the horse is sitting there waiting for something to happen and of course because everyone's basically on tenterhooks waiting for something to happen it doesn't take a lot for something to happen 
to flick that switch and the horse then shoots off, the rider ends up not in control and it all just ends up in this big mess. But let's rewire that situation in a different way. If the rider gets on and felt confident and straight away started to say to the horse, hey, focus on me, I want you to slow down, I want you to do a circle, I want you to do a serpentine, follow me. Both the horse and rider's attention switches from being focused on everything going on outside to everything being focused into the arena and on the training. The rider is then able to get their leg on and then they can build the session up calmly and confidently until the horse is going exactly how they want them to go. So that's the situation obviously that we want and we've got a couple of differences between the two. Firstly, the rider is confident and not nervous. So we need to look at how we can give you more confidence so you can then give your horse that confidence. The second thing is then transferring the attention away from what's going on outside the arena to what's going on inside and trying to get that relaxation. And then the final thing is transitioning from you asking your horse to just relax and focus on you to you being able to train and manipulate and move your horse around. So firstly, we need to make you as the rider feel as confident as possible. Now, every rider is completely different. And what makes one rider nervous won't make another rider feel nervous. At the same time, what makes one rider feel confident won't make another rider feel confident. So don't worry about what other people are thinking or what other people would do. And try not to ask for other people's advice because what might work for them might not work for you. Think about what would make you feel more confident and what would make you feel happier. I think there's always a big misconception that I want to talk about with confidence that you're either a confident rider or you're not, but that's not the case. It's such a massive scale. And I know I have days where I'm happy to get on anything and feel totally confident. And then I have days where I second guess myself and really struggle with confidence. And everyone's like that. So don't worry if one day you need to do something to make you feel confident and then another day you don't need to do that. I can tell you that quite a while ago when I was doing juniors, I had a horse that the week before the Premier League, it was the final one of the year, I couldn't get off the lunge. I honestly spent the whole week before the competition on the lunge because I just had such a massive drop in my confidence and then... The next week, I went out and I won at that Premier League. So know that if you're feeling like you don't have that confidence right now, that feeling will pass. And it's something that everyone goes through. And there's another misconception that I want to talk about quickly, which is this idea that if you want to be a good rider, you have to be confident. And that every amazing rider is confident. Now, I know some of my biggest idols in dressage aren't brave at all and likewise I know the most gutsy riders that put themselves in quite frankly quite unsafe situations and they don't always get the most out of the horse either way the point that I'm trying to get across is that your confidence doesn't equate to your riding ability they're two completely different things so practically then let's look at what we can actually do to improve your confidence Like I said, each person is individual and you need to think about what would make you feel happier to get on your horse. If this means lunging your horse, then I say go for it. Some people have a thing about lunging and say that 
like horses are stamina animals and lunging them for 10 minutes isn't going to take it out of them. But I argue, firstly, if it's going to make you feel confident, then that's going to be the best thing for the horse. And secondly, if it gets that first kind of hit of energy out of them, or it might get that kind of, that like tight or tense feeling that a horse gets, it might also get them just moving a bit and warming their muscles up and swinging. Either way, if it makes you feel confident and it makes you feel like when you get on the horse that they're going to be happier, then do it. And if it makes you feel more confident to stay on the lunge when you first get on, do that too. If you find your horse, let's say, chucks his head up when they're feeling a bit fresh or they have a tendency to kind of lift their head and run off, then maybe try a martingale or you can try draw reins. I will add the kind of caveat with the draw reins that if you've never used them before, maybe try a martingale first or at least have an experienced person there who can instruct you on the best way to use them. Some people, again, have a bit of a thing against using kind of training aids because they say that the horse should be respectful of our leg and seat aids and we shouldn't need external aids if they're being trained properly and in an ideal world I completely agree with them but if my horse has had to have a week off and I know his tendency is to chug his head up and almost hit me in the face then I think I would prefer to have the drawings or martingale as an insurance policy I don't have to use them but it might just give me that confidence to actually ride the horse the way that I know they need to be ridden. Again, with all of this though, it's about doing what works best for you and your horse. Try not to let other people's opinions get in your way and do what you and your instructor think is the best thing for you. So let's now turn to looking at trying to work out whether our horses are hot or fresh and what they do when they're using their energy negatively. So obviously do your checks of your back, your saddle, your teeth, because that can always be a reason why a horse seems to be feeling a bit more energetic. Ulcers can also be a reason for a sudden change in behaviour, but it can also be because your horse had a few days off or they're performance horses and are naturally going to be hotter and more energetic. When we look at our training sessions, though, you need to understand your horse to work out your plan for your session. There's a big difference between a horse being fresh and a horse being hot. So think of a fresh horse as more short term. It's 10 or 15 minutes where the horse is feeling more energetic than usual, rather than a hot horse, which is constantly energetic and spicy. Either way, you don't want to lose that energy as it's a massive strength that your horse wants to give so much. The issue is about being able to control the energy and to be able to turn it up and turn it down and channel it in the right way. So working out firstly whether your horse is hot or fresh will help you work out how long to spend focusing on controlling this energy. If they're hot nearly all the time, then this needs to be something that you need to be incorporating into your regular training. If they're just feeling fresh, you can spend 10 or so minutes just getting their attention back to you and then you can go back to whatever you're working on normally. There's always a big difference in how hot horses can use their energy as well. If it's being used in a negative way, it might be that you can't get your leg on or it might be that they won't relax or it might be that you can't control the speed or the direction that you're going in. 
Working out what your horse does when they use all their energy negatively can help you work out what you need to do to fix it. So I'm going to talk you through four steps to getting your horse calm, relaxed and focused on you. Now, the great thing about these steps is it's kind of like a process. So you'll work through each step and the end result will be that your horse is focusing on you. They're more relaxed. You can get your leg on and you control the speed and direction you're going in. These four steps are also really great for working out and understanding what it is that your horse struggles with the most. So the step that you find most difficult to get through will be the step that your horse naturally wants to do when you're not controlling all that spice and all that energy. So, for example, if you find that you struggle with the step that teaches your horse to relax, that's a big indication that when the energy is not going right, your horse can become fixed in the neck or tense or tight. By knowing this, you can then work out exactly what you need to do to fix it. And you can focus then on that step more to really help get to grips with your horse. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. But let me tell you what each of the four steps are. So step one is creating focus on you rather than outside the arena. Step two is about creating relaxation. Step three is about being able to get your leg on whether that's the, your horse overreacts to the leg or they don't react enough to the leg. And then the final step is about being able to control the speed. So when you get on your hot horse, it doesn't really matter whether it's because you've given them some time off or because they're naturally hot. These four steps are great things to work your way through because you won't be able to get your horse relaxed in stage two if you haven't got them focused in stage one. You won't be able to get your leg on in stage three if they're not properly relaxed from stage two. And you won't be able to get them kind of being able to control the speed in step four if you can't get your leg on from step three. So basically it's a step-by-step process. And the speed that you go through this process completely depends on you and your horse. Normally, if your horse is fresh, you'll get through it quicker than if your horse is naturally just hot. But each horse is different, so don't rush it. Just take your time. So we'll go through each step and I'll give you a little bit more information about it and then actually practically what you can do. So... Step one then is getting them to focus on you. So this part is all about getting your horse to stop focusing on everything else going on around them and to tune into you as their rider. Your job is to fill their brain with the things you want them to be focusing on and the best way to do this is by keeping them guessing. Now I see so many times riders get on a hot horse and they'll just trot large and they'll just keep trotting large. And eventually, normally quite quickly, the horse gets bored, they start looking at other things around and they'll find something to look at. By getting them to a stage where they think, what's she going to ask me to do next? That's when you know you've got them and they're focusing on you. So make things different. Ride lots of serpentines, lots of circles of different sizes, figures of eight and keep things changing. The more you do the same thing, the more space you're giving for their brain to drift off to what's going on elsewhere. 
Now, a lot of people talk about doing transitions at this point, but it completely depends on your horse. Remember that transitions get your horse in front of the leg and make them more reactive. Now, if your horse is overreactive to your leg, then that isn't going to be beneficial for you at all. But if your horse is a bit lazy, transitions can be great for getting them to listen to you more. So let's move on to step two then, which is creating relaxation. So you should now have a horse that's starting to bring his attention to you. And you might find as this happens that you start to get a bit of relaxation along with it. If you find that your horse still feels a little anxious or tense, then have a play with some more circles. Now circles are great because they work on your suppleness, they get the horse bending in the rib cage, they get them giving, and they get you able to get your inside leg on. Now, the more supple a horse is, the more they will work over their backs. So once that you can start using these circles, you should find that your horse softens down. If you find that you need that little bit extra or the circles aren't working for you, you can add in an aid to teach your horse to relax. Exactly like we use an aid to go forwards or an aid to leg yield left or an aid to canter, having an aid to relax can be a great tool for any rider, no matter whether the horse is hot or not. So ride some circles and serpentines and ask your horse to come round by squeezing and releasing your hand. Once you feel your horse softens and breathes out, then praise them. Be careful not to mistake them rounding their necks and think that that is them relaxing. Horses can be round and still tense. And this is what basically behind the vertical is. When your horse holds their neck in a super round frame to avoid relaxing their whole back. So make sure as well that you really pile on the praise when they do actually relax. And you'll feel them breathe out and start to take a longer step. Now the next step is that you are able to get a good reaction from your leg. So this can mean two things. Either your horse listening to your leg and respecting it and moving more forward when you put it on, or your horse not overreacting to your leg and you being able to put it on without them thinking go, go, go the whole time. This is when we come back to our spirals. And you've heard me talk about this exercise so many times, I know, but it is honestly one of my favourite exercises. So start on a small circle and then use your inside leg to push your horse out to your big 20 metre circle. This is great because it teaches your horse that your leg doesn't always mean go, it can mean go sideways. If your horse is lazy, try to expect a bigger reaction from your inside leg and a bigger step sideways. If your horse is overreactive, try to expect less of a reaction. So a nice smooth step across rather than a massive overreaction and a shoot forwards. Keep doing this until you feel your horse steps away from the leg but doesn't shoot forwards while still respecting your leg. Then the last step then is about being able to control the speed and direction. This whole sequence is just about the rider having more and more control over their horse as the session progresses. So this last step is about you being able to not only say go more forward, but also be able to say come back. Ideally also with your seat rather than your rein. Riding some simple transitions within the paces is a great way to do this. So squeezing with your knees and asking your horse to compress and shorten their step 
And then when you feel they are waiting for you and not wanting to constantly rush forwards, then use your leg to push the horse forwards. This is a great exercise because it teaches rushing horses and overexcited horses to wait for you without it being a pull with the rein and a holding them back. It's also great for horses that are a little bit lazy because you work on that pushing forwards as well. So these four phases of bringing your hot horse into your control can all happen in a space of 10 minutes. It can take a whole session or you might only be able to get to completing phase one. You will find that one phase is harder than the rest of them and pay attention to this because this will tell you what bit you need to focus on the most and if you ever come across your horse starting to become hot and tense again then you can come back to that specific step rather than having to go through the whole four phases again but the important thing is that by the end of the session you should have more control over your horse than you did at the beginning remember that the energy your horse has isn't the bad thing in fact it's a massive great asset and so many people particularly those with lazy horses will be really jealous of you It's the control you have over that energy that is the important part. So we're going to move to our questions now. And I have picked two. So I asked my Instagram followers to send in their questions and I had loads. I think this was probably the topic that I've had the most questions sent in about. And I've picked two. So the first one is from Emily and she says, My horse is really laid back at home, but gets very hot at a show. With lockdown, I'm now super worried that this isn't going to be, that this is going to be, sorry, so much worse when shows reopen. What can I do to fix this? So it's so difficult when your horse is different at home to they are at a show because you can't, you can't practice dealing with them when they're hot unless you take them out all the time which can end up being super expensive and time consuming so the first thing I would say is check in with yourself that you're not feeling nervous or anxious because you're at a show as this could be massively influencing your horse too if it is the case then go back to having a think about what you can put in place to make you feel more confident maybe bring your instructor with you a few times or go to an away clinic or like test riding clinics are amazing when things open up again from a training perspective though your aim is to get through each of those four steps in the warm-up so be able to get that relaxation and that focus and you getting your leg on and that control of the speed so it's more difficult if he is laid back at home but do trial shows where you go and just practice seeing how long it takes you to go through those steps and then once you've got an estimated warm-up time I would always add on five or ten minutes just to give you a bit of breathing room and then you can take your time and you don't have to have a massive panic about the fact you've got to take boots off or something like that. Then once you've got it in the warm-up It's just a case of being able to get it in the ring. Again, if you can work out what specific step it is that your horse struggles with the most, do that going around the outside of the arena. Again, it's a practice game. Don't be afraid to go HC or use the tests as training rounds. 
and go again like I said to away shows and clinics it's great practice to get them out and about and it gives you that kind of space so that you don't have to worry as much about the score with lockdown I do get your frustration that it kind of feels like everything's on hold especially because you go so well at home your problem isn't at home your problem's at a show but you've just got to be patient your time will come and when shows do reopen you've just got to get out there take your time and maybe for the first few times do go hc just treat it as a training round and just focus on getting him as good as he goes at home in the ring rather than focusing on the scores or the judges comments at the moment so I hope that helps. And then we've got one last question. This one comes from Millie. And she says, my horse is really good at home. <laughs> There's a trend here, isn't there? Um, my horse is really good at home, but gets really spooky in a test. So he spins and I completely lose control. It's stopping me from wanting to compete. And I just don't enjoy it anymore because I know he's going to spin. And I worry people look at my scores and judge me as a bad rider. Oh, Millie, I've been in your shoes. <laughs> I had a horse that would, he'd win the first class and then, if I'm honest, he'd be an absolute prat in the second class and he'd just spin and spin and spin and it's so frustrating. And I think there are two different aspects of your question because there's the training aspect of him spinning and then there's the mindset aspect of you not enjoying it and worrying about people seeing your scores. So from the training side, every single horse I've ever come across that spins is always behind the leg too. So that's something you can focus on in your training at home. Even if he's not spooky at home, you can do lots of transitions and really focus on getting him in front of the leg. And you can always do like stick a flag in there or get someone to get like a noise machine or you can put things in there that can kind of not that you're forcing your horse to spook, but kind of give you a bit of a practice run so you can kind of see what it's like at home. Then at a show, in the warm-up and around the outside of the arena, aim to replicate the same thing of getting him in front of the leg. In my experience, when a horse is taking you forward, firstly, they're less likely to spin. And if they are going to spin, you tend to feel that drop in impulsion just before and you're then able to have that extra bit of time to fix it before the spin even happens. So the second aspect I really want to focus on is the bit where you said you don't enjoy it anymore, especially as at the moment it's not looking like there will be any shows for a while. And so maybe for now, just focus on enjoying your horse and your training for a bit. Then when things do open up, Maybe take your horse to a few lessons away from home and build it up slowly like that. Don't don't put pressure on yourself. It's not worth it. When you go, when you do go to a show, maybe go HC. So your score, HC just basically means that your score doesn't go up on the board. Or go to test riding clinics. They're great because generally how it works is you'll run through the test and then there will be a judge or trainer who will talk you through what you could do to improve it. So you'll have that time and it's so much more laid back that it just takes the pressure off. But just focus on enjoying yourself and your horse. That's the most important part. That's that's why you do it. And just remember why you're riding in the first place. At the end of the day, no one rides for a 70% score. They ride because 
they love their horse or they love their training and yeah just just remember the reason why you're doing it as well that might help take the pressure off so there you have it guys I feel like there was a lot in that episode and actually by breaking it down into those four steps makes it seem much more achievable I never I never actually thought of it like that but actually writing it down in that step-by-step way has actually really helped me with my hotter horses. So I really hope that it helps you, whether you're getting on your horse again after time off or your horse is naturally hot and energetic and you struggle to control and channel that energy. So if you're listening to this podcast and this topic has really resonated with you, whether you have a hot horse or you don't, then I'd really suggest joining my mailing list if you haven't already. Each week you get an email that's on the same topic as the podcast. There's always a learning bit of content. Normally it's a blog post or an article where you can learn even more about the topic. So this one's obviously about hot horses, fresh horses and how to get the best out of them. And then there's an exercise section. And this week, our exercise encompasses all those four steps that we talked about into one exercise. So it's one exercise that will get your horse to relax and focus. You'll be able to get your leg on. You'll be able to have more control. It is an honestly magic exercise. And there's also then a words of wisdom section that will have a little quote about anything really about dressage training something that I've heard something that I've learned something that I've picked up that's totally changed how I ride and train my horses there's also loads of discounts and free programs and resources and there's loads of exciting stuff in the pipeline that's going to go up there too so if you want to join all you have to do is head to the website decomplicatingdressage.com and scroll all the way to the bottom and you'll see the space to put your email in there And if you want the email for this topic on hot and fresh horses, then you will need to sign up by Monday to get that one as it will be out at 7am this Monday. So that's the 22nd of February it will be out. As usual, please do let me know if you enjoyed this podcast. I love hearing about people who have kind of put these tips and tricks into practice and how much of a difference it made. So please do let me know. And the best way you can do this is to share it on social media. You can tag me in it on both Instagram and Facebook. It is Jessica Gale Dressage. And also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would love for you to leave a review. It helps more people to find out about the podcast and hopefully it can then help more people with their riding and training as well. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and I will see you next time. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.